right, welcome into the Weekly Run podcast, the podcast podcast from the Salt Lake Tribune. I'm Andy Larson, just freshly arrived from Portland. Uh, I'm also here with Eric Walden, fellow Utah Jazz beat writers. We are your beat coverage team for the Salt Lake Tribune, and we are reacting in real time to some surprising news that you, uh, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert has not been named the, to the All-Star team. Uh, the he loses out on that million dollar bonus as a result and it appears that the leagues or I guess I should say the Western Conference coaches for some reason selected the likes of LaMarcus Aldridge uh Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns, Towns Nikola Clay Jokic Thompson, Nikola Jokic Russell Westbrook over Rudy Gobert uh first of all uh, let's let's talk about that and I, I do want to get into some trade deadline stuff and everything else first but uh, I'm legitimately shocked. I mean, I I was I, I talked to coaches at, at all these different kind of Western Conference stops that have have come in, and you know, I guess the Jazz haven't played that many teams. But you talk to a Mike Malone, and you talk to a Terry Stotts, and you talk to a Doc Rivers, and all of them were so effusive about what Rudy Gobert did, and you know, honestly said that there was that he was an All Star player. That you know, Doc Rivers said that he contributed 40 points a game on the defensive end, those kind of things. Uh, so that those men who are the the deciders of who gets into the All Star game and who doesn't decided to go away from Rudy Gobert is uh, is shocking and and quite frankly I, I think it's the wrong call. Yeah, I'll disagree slightly. I won't say shocking. When we discussed it last week, uh, I was on board as saying that I thought Rudy was deserving, one hundred percent deserving. He should have made it, but I was less convinced than you. That he was actually going to make it. I mean, you you it's, just looked at like the, the all the media picks. Like Zach Lowe's article said, you know, he thought it, Rudy was an all star. Sam Amick, you know, all these like national names. I struggled to find national names beyond Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith, who thought he wasn't going to be an all star. And and quite frankly, Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith uh, also picked like Spencer Dinwiddie to make the all star team, right? Like, I I, I just don't think that they're. <laughs> they're very intelligent. Our basketball analysts, analysts, and and the ones that were picked Gobert. So uh, believing that the NBA's coaches are smart people, I thought Gobert would be in that mix for sure. I thought I think they are smart people. I think. Some and here here's my pet theory, and I'm not as uh, I'm not as deep into the NBA culture as you are. This is my first season covering the team. I get the impression the coaches don't necessarily put a ton as much thought into this as the analysts do. Like, you know, all these guys who you mentioned, sure. a lot of them are devoting hours looking at numbers, you know, constructing rosters, constructing possibilities. And I think coaches, honestly, they get the ballot. They're like, uh, all right, who should be on sure. there? And they kind of fly through it. And then, like, maybe a few of them look at the standings and a few of them look at some numbers. And then you wind up with the situation like, well, San Antonio's been good forever. We can't not have a Spurs player on there, right? All right, LaMarcus Aldridge. And Carl Anthony Towns, he averages, a, you know, he averages more than 20 and okay, but 10 and shoots 40-plus percent from the three-point line. Why not that guy? I agree. And, Coaches and, and are I think not spending. And I think it's very a very superficial analysis. I, I agree. Coaches are not spending their entire days on this. But yeah. I would say that uh, what ends up happening, at least from what I've heard, is one – uh, they either go and just read the media people's respects and their take and just copies it down, which is why I thought actually the media coming out and saying uh, Rudy Gobert should be an all-star, the national media, I thought that mattered, you know, because I think there are coaches that, that read that kind of stuff and, and will just kind of copy that down. 
or they pass it on to a you know a lieutenant who's not doing something you know and that's uh, so whether that be someone who's you know flying with the team or is is a special assistant to the uh, to the coach or whatever um, you know that's it it doesn't get done by Quinn Snyder it gets done by someone else on the staff I don't know if that's the case in in the Jazz's case you know I don't know if Quinn Snyder filled it out himself. I'd be a little bit surprised if he did, but I, I truthfully don't know. Um, but even those, you have to be smart to be on an NBA staff, too. I mean, again, there are exceptions. But, uh, you know, it, that these guys who are watching the game every day uh, and see Rudy Gobert's value uh, or have any kind of level of research. I mean, he leads the league in win shares. Number one. Well, first. And uh, maybe that shows that win shares isn't that all that great of a stat because Rudy Gobert, I'm sorry, is not the best player in the NBA. But, like, he's 10th on real plus minus, and he's 5th in, in VORP. And, like, all of these kind of things, it's like, okay, you, you, it's very actually easy to understand his value, even if you're only points per game guy. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't surprise me that this would happen from the fans. It wouldn't surprise me if this happened from the players because players are all about, like, Lou Williams scoring first types and, you know, players love Kobe over Tim Duncan, right? But uh, that this came from the coaches who, who should know better is, is shocking to me. Yeah, and again, it's disappointing. Uh, Rudy's deserving, but I'm, I, and I'm mildly surprised. You know, I had started as the days got closer and ticked down to this announcement I began to have the feeling that Rui might make it, although, again, I was never 100% convinced of it. And I just think, at the end of the day, it comes down to, I don't know, like maybe maybe we're giving these coaches a little too much credit or their assistants or whoever. You know, maybe it simply comes down to, they're like, this is an all-star game. There's lots of scoring in it. A guy like Rudy Gobert, whose primary value by far is on the defensive end, not that he hasn't made massive improvements offensively, but at the end of the day, he's still a 15-point-per-game scorer. And, you know, I don't know if that factored into it, but it's kind of hard to argue that it didn't, looking at the guys who made it, you know? It's like, is there anyone on these teams other than maybe Nikola Jokic who's averaging less than 20 points per game? Uh, isn't Jokic at, like... And, and, he, now. and he's right at that threshold. Yeah, he was either right under or right okay, over. Okay, but that's so. dumb. And and we've we, yeah, Jokic is a twenty point one. Uh, that's dumb because we have we've sent guys like DeAndre Jordan to the All Star game, and we've sent guys like Ben Wallace to the All Star game. You know, there is this history of we've sent Draymond Green to the All Star game countless times. Right. And Draymond is not a scorer. You know, in in any sense of the word. Um, I, I I just like. I am I, I'm mind boggled by it. I mean, uh, Carlton Towns, yes, is scoring 22.6 points a game. He's also having the worst field goal shooting year of his career. Uh, his his team is what are they right now? 25 and uh, 27, something like that. Sorry, I, uh, 25 and 26. And uh, if you remember, at the beginning of the year, they were terrible, and he and Andrew Wiggins were bested into practice by Jimmy Butler and the third string of the in, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, he's been floating in and out of games all year long, and while he has had a very good like last month, it it it's hasn't impacted the Minnesota Timberwolves in terms of uh, of winning as much as Rudy Gobert uh, has for the Utah Jazz. 
Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. You know, all of that is logical. All of that makes sense. And this seems to very be a very illogical, irrational, nonsensical decision. I mean, yeah. We've seen D- the DeAndre Jordans and Draymond Greens of the world make it previously. So you would think that there's some, you know, history there of coaches valuing defensive-oriented players. And for whatever reason this year, it didn't happen. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, as we were discussing the possibility of this in the last few weeks, we both acknowledge, I think, that, um, you know, it, it, it's a crowded field in the West. There, There's several more players you could make semi, at least semi-compelling arguments for who didn't make it. And then you start to look at, you know, some of the traditional names who did, you know, like a Russell Westbrook, who is averaging a triple-double, but as we've discussed previously, is having arguably one of his worst seasons. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, his he's not having the same impact as he's had previously. His shooting is terrible. Um, and then, you know, when once a guy like that makes it, because you figure the coaches aren't going to omit a guy averaging a triple-double, you know, at that point it becomes – all right, well, who's Rudy's big man competition? You know, the, the coaches weren't going to exclude Jokic because he's playing for the team with uh, the second-best record in the conference. You know, he's the guy making the Nuggets engine run. Okay, we can understand that. Really, it comes down to Aldridge and Towns. And maybe just at the end of the day, you know, a superficial glance at the numbers and – there and and those superficial numbers looked prettier for those guys. I don't know. I I, I don't get it. Um, I don't. I mean, even Aldridge is at twenty one points a game this year. It's down from last year um, when he had he had a really good season last year. Uh, his rebounding is less. I, I mean, all right. So like Lamarcus Aldridge, five more points a game, three fewer rebounds per game, shooting fifteen percent less from the field. Shooting twenty one percent from three this year, so it's not like he's he's obviously the outside threat, but he's not taking and making threes. Uh, and I mean, when the Spurs won one more game than the Jazz, so maybe you say that. And but you know, and say Demar Derozan equals Donovan Lillard or Donovan, sorry, Donovan Mitchell in terms of value. I I don't like. I'm trying to come up with the rationale here, and I can't. Yeah, I'm. Uh, like your points for game theory is. Is reasonable kind? It's not reasonable. It's not, not reasonable. Points per game doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm mad about this. I couldn't tell. Um, yeah, I was really. I wasn't able to discern that, Andy. Maybe um, I, I, I'm not. I like. I'm not. Uh, you know. I, I, for those of you who can't see this, which is all of you, because this is a podcast, Andy's face is presently redder than I have ever seen it. Ever? And it's not from sunburn. Portland is warm. Maybe it's from the freezer burn in Minneapolis. Yeah, that's it. No, like I, I'm, I'm not mad on behalf of Rudy Gobert. You know, like I, whether or not Rudy Gobert is an All Star and gets a million dollars is is not. You know, I, I don't need good things for Rudy Gobert to feel happy. I need things to make sense in my life, <laughs> and and this is not a thing this, that makes sense. This is going to be a hard world for you to live in there. Andy, I, Andy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean. What do you say? Like, obviously, you know, you can accuse us of homerism or whatever. Oh, you're around the team, so of course you're going to stump for Rudy. That's not it. We watch a lot of basketball. You know, we're at every Jazz home game. Andy and I split the road games, so we're each seeing, you know, roughly 
60 basketball games, 60 regular season basketball games a year approximately, we get to see a lot of basketball players. And we see up close and personal the impact that Rudy has out there. Now, you know, I, I guess you can maybe like look at the Jazz's do you know when? Do you know when the coaches' ballots were due? I think they're due last week. Okay, so, so I'm wondering if like they watch, coach, It's I'm, not that they watched the Portland game I, last I, night. I was going like, to say like were they were they watching the Jazz's two games against Minnesota where they you won? Know, where no, the Jazz so, won, but where you know in in the first of those, Carl Anthony Towns winds up. You know he has the he has the slow first half where he's in foul trouble, and then in the second half just you know going crazy and winds up scoring what, 33, 34 points, something sure. like that. And maybe there's, you know, who knows, maybe some coach who's tuned into a late-night game is seeing that and saying, wow, Carl Anthony Towns is taking it to the defensive player of the year. You know, so if it if in their mind it comes down to those two guys, who knows, maybe seeing, like, that performance is like, well, if Cat can score that well on Rudy, then why, would I, why wouldn't I pick Cat over Rudy? Because that's dumb. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, side note, I, I was just thinking while you were, I wonder if what they do in case there's a tie, right? Because, like, 15 coaches is not that much. You could have gotten, like, seven votes for Towns, seven votes for Gobert, and one vote for, like, I don't know, Boban Marjanovic. And, uh, <laughs> he would be the next logical choice. Yeah. And then, uh, what do, what do they do? I wonder what they do. Anyway, yeah. this has probably happened before. Here's what, oh, here's the other thing that, but no, there are lots of things. Defense matters just as much as offense does. Stopping your team from scoring points is also as good as scoring points. Like, that is, those are two very valid ways of winning a basketball game. And you look at the top ten in real plus minus in offense, and it's James Harden, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Kemba Walker, Anthony Davis. Wow, those are ten no-doubt all-stars. Rudy Gobert is number one in defensive real plus minus, and he can't get named to the team. Why do we, why do we keep putting offense over defense? I mean, that's the way of the world, and it's not fair. Um, yeah. Like, is now, <laughs> like, should I tell you that Santa Claus isn't real? Is that going to, like, blow your mind? Um, I mean, neither is the Easter Bunny. And now Andy's crying. Yeah, I've well. I've things. Um, <laughs> no, like, it's, it's not fair, but uh, that's how, that's what people tend to focus on. I mean, how many people... You're an avowed math nerd, and you're you're a stat geek. How many people out there besides yourself do you think are looking at uh, what was that what was that statistic you cited that Rudy's number one in? Real plus minus defensive it's a big real, one. defensive yeah. real plus minus. I think people are looking at the plus minus at the re, at the regular real plus minus. I don't know how many people are looking at defensive real plus minus. Okay, so then he is tenth in tenth in the league in in regular real plus minus. Yeah. Ninth, actually, he moved up to ninth. I'm sorry. He and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo are tied. Giannis is a captain. Giannis is a captain. He's more popular. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just yeah, it bugs me because things don't make sense. LeBron is eleventh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. He's number one in the Le- league in win shares. LeBron wasn't going to get left. He's off. shooting sixty five percent from the field. He leads the NBA in field goal percentage. Well, Fifth in the league that, in rebounds. That will happen when you dunk. You dunk it every time. Of the when time. you're on pace for more dunks than anyone in league history. Yeah. yeah, I would hope that you would lead the league in field goal percentage at that rate. Um, yeah. Maybe we haven't done our jobs well enough. 
maybe like in some sense we are the local beat writers for the team and it's our job to do good enough stories on Rudy Gobert and make people <laughs> realize that just the kind of impact he has had on this team. I mean, I'm not saying it's our job to make Rudy an all-star. It's our job to tell the truth and such that people read it. And the truth is Rudy Gobert is a deserving all-star. Yeah, so um, along those lines, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to relay an anecdote from early in my journalism career, right? Okay. I was working at the Park Record up in Park City, a twice-weekly paper with, like, roughly a 10,000 circulation, right? Okay. And so the big things going on up there were high school sports and, like, winter sports, like when international skiing events come into town. So we're covering high school football, and the publisher calls me into his office one day. All the parents are up in arms because every week for my football game story, I'm writing about a pair of sophomores, and the parents are upset. Why aren't you writing about the seniors? Why aren't you writing about the seniors? And, I say, to him, better? and I say to him, look, if I were covering the Utah Jazz, and this was back in the day because I'm old, who would you expect I'd be writing about most of the time? Well, uh, he said in between chews of his uh, tobacco. It was really <laughs> gross. He had, a gra- he had a very gravelly voice as okay. a result. Uh, I would damn well expect that it would be Stockton and Malone. I'm like, of course, because they're their two best players, right? Yeah. All right. Well, these two sophomores on this team are the Stockton <laughs> and Malone of the Park City High School football team. I get what you're saying. I'll have your back. And then, of course, the next week the parents complained and he questioned me again. But my point is, I think we do a fairly good job of writing about the Stockton and Malone of this team. We do. Uh, and beyond that, it's right, like... It's not, not our fault. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep tonight. No, I don't feel like we've had a dearth of uh, Rudy kicked Rudy, ass Rudy last content. night in our stories. So... Um, I, I, I will accept zero blame for that. Th- this is legitimately something I've been thinking over the last month. Is like I don't think I've included him in the triple team enough, like because sometimes what he does is it's so good every night that like I run out of ways to to say it every night. Like um, like Donovan is still like adding new wrinkles, uh, like new you know spin moves and and euro steps and finishes to his game and and changing in a, in a very like clear way Rudy Gobert is has added like the defensive side of of perimeter and uh, you know containment if you will but uh mostly like the story of his season he's just been oh heck just the ninth best player in the league over the you know the whole year so I I don't know like I I just think he's uh all right well well, there we have it uh it's not my fault it's Andy's (laughs) fault Andy has accepted responsibility you can tweet him at Andy B. Larson or uh, email him, alarson at sltrib.com uh, right. to register your complaints. Andy B. Larson on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Facebook.com great. slash Andy Larson. Okay, so. Um, Andy Larson.com. You, you touched on. You touched on. <laughs> I can't think of any other social. <laughs> I'm out. On, I don't have a Pinterest. Well, you're missing out there, Larson. Um, you touched on the fact that, like, what is there to say about Rudy? He he does what he does, and it's excellent, and it's awesome. Whereas Donovan is doing kind of all these new and impressive and fancy things. Um, how do you feel about uh, Donovan's omission from the team? Obviously, yeah, not as not as unexpected. Donovan doesn't deserve it this year. Ooh. Yeah, all he right. doesn't. No. I'm sorry. Like, I don't disagree. But uh, yeah, he doesn't. Donovan right. on the way up. You know, he'll have he'll have plenty of appearances in the future. He had an All Star worthy month. Yeah. And the first two months of the season weren't our You know, we, we actually had this discussion. Kind of like Carl Anthony Towns, by the way. Sorry. 
Shade being thrown there. Yeah. Watch out, cat. Blarson is a Blarson, not a cat guy. Meow. Um, we had a discussion in the media room at the uh, Zions Bank basketball campus the other day about had Donovan's season been transposed? Had this had January had his January production occurred in the first month of the season? Would he be an All Star? Um, if, if he had garnered that narrative early about having taken that next step and, you know, there being is, on another level now. There is no doubt that early narrative matters more than midseason narrative yeah. um, in terms of how we talk about the league. I still think that he people would have looked at his overall statistics and found it difficult to make that case. I don't disagree with you. I think that's true. And that was the point I was trying to make to these guys as well. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome that he had that awesome month. But at the end of the day, it was an awesome month. And that's not to say, like, he can't continue that level of production and he can't finish up the season that way. But unfortunately, like, the rest of that will come after the All-Star teams have been named. And uh, so that'll do him no good in that regard, uh, just from that pure context. But, yeah, I think you're right. You know, it, it matters to some degree. Like, it helps start a narrative on a guy. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I think if he went into the all-star break averaging 22 and a half points per game and shooting 42% from the field, probably not quite enough to get him there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not, you know, he's shooting. Yeah. 42%, 33% from three. I mean, yeah. 22.5 points per game is apparently all they care about now, but, uh, I, you know, it's probably just isn't good enough. Um, let's, <laughs> We should do another, we should do like actually more than one of these this week because this is trade deadline week and there's so much stuff to talk about. I do want to talk about trade deadline stuff. Um, Real quick, we had the trade today of uh, Christoph Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks Yeah, where they just traded their best young star that they've ever had for salary cap space to go get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or Kimba Walker. And so... uh, that was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, feel like I was. There's no analysis. There, I, I, I was busy, like, mm-hmm. pre writing a story uh, supposing that Rudy Gobert might be named to the All Star team, uh-huh. uh, which I subsequently had to, like, rewrite a little bit when that didn't happen. And um, yeah, get an alert on my phone via Twitter that the Knicks and the Mavericks have a deal for Porzingis to go to Dallas. And I'm just like, oh, wow. And, and, because I like my brain wasn't fully engaged, it took me a moment to kind of piece together the rationale from the Knicks' perspective. I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking at the pieces involved, and I'm like, "What, what is going yeah. on?" And then I'm like, "Oh, I, I cap get the, space." I get the rationale from the Knicks' perspective. I, I I find it really hard to believe that uh, they had to do it by getting rid of Kristaps. And and I think uh, I actually think that Kristaps is significantly more valuable than their pick this year. And I know people are like, oh, it could be Zion Williamson, and then you'd be fantastic. They have a fourteen percent chance of getting Zion Williamson if they're the worst team in the league. Right. No, I'm with you. Like here, to use a baseball analogy, people people are always um, in baseball talking about whenever there's a big trade going down, a superstar traded for a package of prospects. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm. And maybe this says something about my character or lack thereof. I'm always the guy who's on the side of take the superstar because regardless of how many prospects they are, you know, un- unless it's like a superstar on a one-year deal and you're just giving up like seven can't-miss guys, 
you know, if it's anything short of that, I'm the guy who's saying take the superstar because you don't, you just never know how prospects are going to turn out. Like, no matter how highly regarded they are, we've all seen highly rated, highly thought of guys sure. flame out. Sure. But, I mean, Kristaps does have, like, if he does sign the qualifying offer, then he could leave in one year and that would be bad. Now, this so, is like, the, I think the, contract this situation is the matters. fascinating thing to me. If I want to sidetrack into this really quick. <laughs> sure. We no, got, we're, like, okay, go ahead. You're going to enjoy this, Andy. I know the okay, nerd. I know the nerd in you will like this. So yeah, there's this narrative going around that Kristaps' uh, rookie deal is about you know is about to be up, and then normally, the protocol after that is they sign the guy to a three-year extension, right? Four, Usually four. Okay, three or four years after that. Four or five even. In in the case of Kristaps, you'd give him five because he's an all all NBA candidate. Okay, but a lot of time, Maybe like especially in the wake of this. Anthony Davis news going on, you know, and all this narrative about how small market teams can't control superstars for long enough, blah, blah, blah. Have we seen a situation where a guy in that position simply took the one-year qualifying offer, sacrificed sacrificed the big salary, the big extension, to take the one-year qualifying offer and make himself an unrestricted free agent that much earlier? I mean, the only, the only, there have been 15 guys who have taken the qualifying offer ever. Um, and the only, like, really good example of someone doing that was Nerlens Noel. All right. And he kind of was just betting on himself. He, I think he got a four year, $70 million offer um, from Philly, turned it down. And uh, so I, I'm signing the qualifying offer and, and seeing what I do next year in, in real free agency, right. uh, unrestricted free agency. And you know that obviously didn't go well for yeah, him. Yeah, that kind of backfired for him. So yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the closest example we have. I don't think uh, I, I think Kristaps is kind of bluffing here, but I think it's a bluff he needed to make so Dallas doesn't lowball him in uh, that in that extension talk, right? Um, or the New York Knicks even if you know they had kept him. I uh, that being said. I do like think that this is a thing that some player down the road is going to start doing. Um, you know, being in a in a situation where they've spent four years in a bad place and want to get out of there as soon as possible. Even the even the star players of the NBA and and Kristaps honestly isn't a bad candidate because even if he's coming off an ACL tear and even if he doesn't play that well next year. I still think he's a guy that, because he's young, because he's talented, because he's the future of the league in terms of the, his style of play, yeah. he's still going to get over $20 million no matter what, even if he sucks next year. Yeah. So given that, you know, my, you, know you, you may want to just choose your, your team. I, like, I honestly kind of have the very, this is almost like, a, I don't know if this is a millennial way of looking at things, but the difference between making $20 million a year and $30 million a year is just not... Not that big. Well, and this is what we're finding out with players rejecting the Supermax extensions that were supposed to keep the Anthony right. Davises in New Orleans, where he's cool with saying, five years, $240 million? Nah, that's okay. Because Cause four years, one eighty still is yeah, nice to you're, you're still making $180 million. Like, yeah, I think I think I saw on ESPN today that if he were to become right, a free agent, he could get, like, uh, still, like, just over $200 million from some other team or something like that. Okay. And it's like, once you're into that insane amount of money... Who cares if you have 200 or $300 million? Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it'll be. That's, I just think this is a fascinating trend to watch. Yeah, I, going for. I, I mean, agree. Is is Anthony Davis right now as the Pelicans are playing hardball with him? Is he wishing he had gone that route? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a real case, um, and that will affect what happens with uh, you know. I don't. I I think Donovan Mitchell is happy here, but I, and he's not going to take the qualifying offer. No. Um, unless you know, I I don't know. He really can't stand the beat writers, and then it's you know. He needs to get out of Utah, but um, it's just, yeah. I, it, in other situations where you have, like, an ugly, ugly winning situation or a losing situation, I should say, or, like, it, it, the really, like, I don't know, bad cities to live in where no one no one wants to live or yeah. a bad coach or a, you know, a, a disagreement that play, a star player can't get along, I could easily see someone taking the qualifying offer and kind of betting on themselves, even if they are an elite-level talent uh, that, that qualifies for that Supermax. Okay. Um, all right. Kind of on uh, – let's combine the topics real quick. Uh, do you think this affects the Jazz's chances of keeping Rudy Gobert when his uh, contract ends in three years? Him, him not making the All-Star team? Yeah. I do not. Um yeah, that was the thing. Like in the immediate aftermath of of Rudy being snubbed from the team, we saw a lot of narrative about on on social media about is this because of him playing in a small market? And my immediate response to that is San Antonio is not like a premier market. No, Minneapolis is not a premier market. Um, San Antonio is a smaller market than Salt Lake City. New Orleans is not. You know, New Orleans a is a smaller market, market than Salt Lake City. Yeah, so uh, I don't think that has any impact on it at all. From everything I've seen of Rudy, and um, you know, also from uh, his his very heartfelt advertisement with Vivint Smart Home, um, he seems to enjoy <laughs> it here. Uh, now, obviously, a lot can change. Was he paid to say those words? Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> hmm. are you saying that means it might not be authentic? Dang it. Is Donovan Mitchell really a cat guy? No. We can't trust Vivint Smart Home commercials as the basis for our report. We need to find this out tomorrow at Shoot Around. Whether he likes Utah or whether he's... Whether he's a cat guy. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's by far... Whether Donovan is? Yeah. Oh, we know... Donovan said he wasn't. We've, we've asked Donovan oh, about this. I've forgotten about that. Anyway. Uh, I'm old and drunk. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Not necessarily in that order. Either. Was, um, we, never mind. No, I don't. I don't think Rudy. <laughs> I'm glad I made Andy happier. He's no longer like throwing things across the room. I was fearing for my life. I wasn't for a moment. throwing things across the room. I, Andy, I think everyone listening to this knows that I am never prone to hyperbole. So you can believe 100 percent of the words coming out of my mouth. Andy throwing things. He was going into his Hulk rage. So it was very uh, scary. On Twitter, uh, I tweeted, jazz fans who are already salty about a perceived lack of respect with the salt intensifies gif. Yeah. Uh, and someone just replied to me, F-U-M-B-A, salty, who's salty? <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> it says to me that, that that guy is probably pretty salty. Um, yeah, I mean, not that jazz fans have ever been known to um, get upset on social media or no. anything. We've never experience anything like that let's talk about jazz trade deadline real quick yeah um because we're a week away from that trade deadline is next week obviously some massive trades have already happened yeah um so there are a number of situations around the league that kind of make sense for the jazz to fit in um if those teams end up with getting less than they want right now 
So uh, I'll I'll start with Memphis. Memphis is willing to trade Mike Conley, as has been widely reported. Yep. Um, they are asking for a lot in return because Mike Conley to them is a franchise superstar that you know was hugely responsible for their success along with Marcus Hall, and as a result, they are looking for interest <laughs> a, a return that matches that yep. jazz are looking at from uh, the point of view of okay but we're acquiring a 31 year old point guard who's getting paid 32 million dollars a year um for the next two and a half seasons and you know maybe declining and and all of those kind of things so yep. we are less willing to offer you multiple first round picks we're less offer- willing to offer you young talent like dante exum uh and, and certainly not a package of all of those all of those things uh coming together so um that's that situation yep um i think the the sense is that i don't know that new orleans wants to trade drew holiday right now um they a it's not that they new orleans cares about being good this season but they think that drew holiday is young enough and good enough to be part of the next good pelicans team and and i think that's not crazy. Yeah, we've seen we've seen a few names come up uh, in terms of Pelicans players being offered up in the wake of the Anthony Davis situation, and Holiday is not among them. Uh, we've seen Miritich, we've seen Julius Randle, and we've seen Etwan Moore floated yeah. out there. But uh, from the Pelicans' perspective, yeah, maybe it makes sense to hold on to Drew Holiday and and have you know that next level piece remain there. I do think it's possible he is traded. Um, I. I, you know, I, I again, it would have to be one of those things where they decide to trade him, and then the Jazz's offer could kind of come in, and uh, if another team didn't outbid them for Holiday, if that makes sense. You right, know, I think there are right. teams that have better packages. Again, Holiday is an expensive guy too, so it kind of depends on whether or not uh, he fits with those teams' long-term plans as well. Um, Nico Miritich is a is again a real possibility. The Jazz do know that they could kind of sign him outright in in free agency. Not that that's like a guarantee or anything, but again, uh, it would be a rental. You know, on, yep. from a from a valuation point of view, there are some benefits to getting him in early because uh, you get his bird rights and uh, the cap hold might be less depending on how much he signs for. But anyway, um, and, and so it's just again whether or not what they're willing to sign to send uh, to get Nico now. I doubt they'd be willing to send the first round pick. Um, you know, you could send seconds and Derek Favors. Does right. that make sense for Memphis, for New Orleans? Maybe in that it gives them a salary that they can kick down the road and trade a little bit next year. Yep. Um, that might be a deal that happens. The other deal is uh, Otto Porter, and this one it sounds like actually might be the most likely one right now. Um, that the Jazz actually acquire Otto Porter. Uh, you look at the salaries, and it pretty much has to be uh, Favors and Tabo Cephalosha uh, because Derek Favors doesn't do it alone. Um, whether or not the Jazz would include value beyond that is uh, an interesting... I, I, I suspect the answer is... <laughs> I don't know. The, wi- uh, I the su- Wizards would definitely ask for it, whether or not the Jazz yes. would then decide it's worth it or not is the question. And I kind of suspect, so it's interesting, like from what I had heard, the Wizards are, I had heard that the Wizards are kind of the ones trying to make this happen even more than the Jazz are um, because they want to redo their books. But then Ted Leonsis went on a Washington area radio station today and said that they are not trading John Wall, Bradley Beal, or Otto Porter this year. Um, 
at this trade deadline, I should say, this week. Right. So um, that's confusing because um, <laughs> the Wizards are not operating from that point of view. The Wizards are operating from the point of view that uh, they are into well, how, how uh, those very, guys how, might be traded. Yeah, how very wizardish of them to behave in that fashion, yeah. to like put it out there that we want to like kind of blow this failed experiment up and start over and like move move the pieces who maybe are movable um, you know, because who's taking John Wall's gigantic salary? Probably no one. They don't necessarily want to move Beal because he, at this point, is the most valuable of them. So at that point, it becomes uh, Otto Porter, who is signed to a deal that probably uh, is is large for the amount of production he's had, at least this season, but still has value given the way the league has gone. You know, like five years ago, he was definitely a small forward these days, you use him as a as a stretch four, um, without thinking twice, and so, um, yeah, it, of, of course the Wizards would you know say we want to redo things and then turn around and say, but we're not going to move any of the guys who can help us in that process. <laughs> but if you want Jan Mahinmi, very available. Yeah, yeah, I, like <laughs> I, I just think it's funny. This, this is it how the Wizards get to be the Wizards, right? Uh, Ted Leonsis. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to go on your radio station and say we're not going to trade a guy unless it's, you know, a, a Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, these are the keys to your franchise kind of thing. And, like, uh, and you have to be a good franchise yeah. now, <laughs> and have them be long-term. Like, I, I, I just... I, the, that, the flip side to that is I don't trust anything that anybody says during this week because sure. they're all just uh, liars. So sure. maybe his, maybe it's, like, very naked attempt to, like, Try to drive up the bidding price on, <laughs> on what's been a tepid market thus just far. Just lie to your uh, fans. I mean, just say we love. Uh, y- here's how you do that. Yeah. You don't say we're not going to trade them because yeah. that makes you look like a dumb, a person, liar, a liar when that yeah. when that doesn't come true. Uh, and instead, you say, "Man, we're not even getting close to the value that we think those guys have um, in today's trade market." So yeah. unless that changes, you know. Uh, Whatever that comes down to, you know. Then well, yeah, that would be that would be the way a smart organization would go about it. But again, this is why the Wizards are the Wizards because they do a lot of dumb stuff, and then kind of later on are like, "Oh yeah, that wasn't really smart, was it?" <laughs> um, so you've said that you think Otto Porter is perhaps the most likely of those. Yes, I personally don't think the Jazz will give the Grizzlies what they want uh, for for Mike Conley. I think the asking price is too high, and without uh, the net return necessarily being big enough, like is Mike like? There's no question Mike Conley is a better player than Ricky Rubio, probably. But is he enough of a difference maker to justify that? I have a hard time seeing the Jazz arriving at that conclusion. Um, the Pelicans guys. He's really good, though. He is really good. He's really good. Is he? Is he a guy who's like gets them for sure into the Western Conference Finals? Not for sure, but that team is really good. I I I don't know that that gets them into the Western Conference Finals, because uh, but I think that makes you the second best team in the West, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I guess like that like that amount of hedging to me makes it not necessarily worth it because okay. it's like if you take on Mike Conley, like you're done for the next few years, right? Like that's that's your yeah, but that's, that's true core. of like the guys that we were, you know that's true of Drew Holiday, that's true of Otto Porter. That's that's fair. I guess in my estimation, I look at like. 
Drew Holiday, and he seems a little more appealing to me than maybe Conley does. And honestly, that's true of if, of Nico Miritich, depending on what you resign him for. Like, sure, he's a free agent this this summer, but why would you trade for him unless you're you think you're going to be able to resign him? Yeah, um, I I guess the thing I'm getting at is in all of these cases, like acquiring none of them is a surefire path to um, you know taking that next step. But there's all. But there are, you know, tempting facets to all of them as well. You know, Drew Holiday is a great combo guard. Uh, he's played point guard. He's played shooting guard. You know, he could come here and be, you know, a second Donovan Mitchell type player. Not as not as explosive a scorer, but maybe a little bit more developed as, as a ball handler and initiator. Um, he's also not bad defensively. He's great. Um, Nico Miritich is horrible defensively. No, he's not. Stop it, Tony Jones. He's he's horrible defensively. He's not horrible. He's not like all time epically bad like Tony makes him out to be. Oh no, he's not even that. Whatever. But in that case, you know, if you're Fine. if you're swapping favors for Miritich, you're basically saying you're sacrificing a little bit of defense for a little bit better offense. He's like for, Jonas Drebko for a four who can who can, you know, shoot better than twenty percent on three pointers or whatever. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> as for Otto Porter, like, how do you feel about that guy? This is a guy who's making twenty-five-ish million a year. Um, what you know, you you mentioned this is the one you think is perhaps most likely of those. How do you feel about Otto Porter coming to Utah? This is this is where uh, I guess reporting ends, in my opinion, comes in. Yeah. Um, I I don't love it. Like honestly, I. I think Otto Porter is a good player. I think he makes you better. I think he's young, and, and so the timeline matches. Um, I think if he is your third piece, it puts a, a ceiling on your franchise a little bit. Which is kind of unless, where we're at now, right? Unless Donovan... Sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, clearly there is a ceiling on the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and no other good players around them core. Um, sorry to Elite hate on, level. Sorry. No, I, yeah, yeah, I don't mean higher, to hate on up. Joe and Ricky. Yeah, we're not saying they're not good players. We're saying but, we're talking about tiers of players. Yeah. And they need someone. They need a third guy who's in a tier above Ricky and Fave and, yeah. and, and Jingles. And, yeah. And and I think Otto Porter is kind of in the Jingles tier. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that if you are paying him $25 million a year, it limits... Yeah, it limits a little bit of what you can do. Um, now, I don't know that you're going to be able to get a, a better player than that. Um, you know, it, whether or not you can really win Tobias Harris's signature this offseason is uh, is doubtful. You know, on, it, it, yep. certainly you would say there is a bigger chance of it not happening than it happening. Um, but I think to some degree you have to you have to give yourself the ability to respond to situations um, that might come up. And uh, maybe Otto Porter is kind of the matching salary in, in those kind of deals, um, but it, it does limit your ability to do anything in, in free agency. And maybe that's maybe you've realized that, and maybe you're just saying, okay, now trades are going to be the only way that we make this work. And if you are trading for a superstar, it's going to be like a Otto Porter plus uh, draft picks kind of situation. Yeah. And and that's an interesting point that you made because, you know, everyone's been excited uh, looking forward to free agency this summer, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there, oh, what if we could get Kemba Walker? Oh, what if we could get um, Clippers guy who we were just talking about whose name Tobias is Harris. Tobias Harris. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I, and, and there's all this intrigue about it. And yeah. maybe the Jazz have made that internal evaluation and concluded anyone who they could get with that money is not likely to get is not likely to come here. So maybe they're better off. You know, that's what re- a trade would rerouting signal. it towards the trade. That's what a trade would signal. And and I guarantee you that you know this this idea that teams don't know what's going to happen to some degree this offseason is is bunk. Yeah, like, the Knicks making this deal to me says that they think that they have Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, like I don't even it, think that it, it's a it's risk. It's funny because yeah, the Porzingis deal came right on the heels of this report that Porzingis went to the Knicks front office. That's a lie. I'm frustrated with the direction of this that team, blah, blah, blah. He it's was like, told today that he was traded. That's what that meeting was. Yeah, nobody nobody believes that that trade happened as a result of him expressing frustration with the direction of the franchise. Yeah, Because um, he's been doing that for years. But Andy, if, if the alternate is true, then you're suggesting that there like could be some like collusion or tampering going on and like the Lakers yeah. aren't even involved That's in it, fine. so that doesn't make any sense, because <laughs> everyone knows only the Lakers do that. Oh my God, you're such a <laughs> Lakers fan. Um, you're obno- That's so obnoxious. The Lakers do it anyway. The Lake. I'm not saying the Lakers don't do it. That- I just wanted on the record that uh, apparently, logically, other teams might maybe occasionally sometimes. Yeah, everybody all the time does it. Do it too. Everybody does it. Yeah. Uh, Magic Johnson's really stupid. Magic about is just really it. bad at it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so weird. That being uh, on the on the Kristaps deal, I think there are ways you could get out of those contracts without losing Kristaps. And now you have instead of what you could have had next year is the is a Kristaps, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving core. The uh, we won't mention the the initials of their first names. <laughs> this is a bad core. <laughs> uh. Oh man, the Durant. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of white people at these games for some reason. <laughs> Real weird. Oh boy. Uh, instead of having that core, yeah, they they have a worse core that may not be the best team in the league, and that's uh, you know, obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie is very good. It is not a championship. Yeah. Sh- uh, you know, Kristaps would have made it so 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 much better. Yeah. Uh... If the Knicks wind up pulling Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I don't think anyone will be crying about not having Kristaps. They should be. They should be. They're going to be like, who's going to be that third star? These are Knicks fans that we're talking about. They're going to be so. They're going to be so thrilled with not being on a a Wizards level of stupidity for once. That two months uh, they'll be thrilled. Happiness is fleeting. We'll see. They'll make the playoffs (laughs) and they'll be overjoyed. And then in season two, they'll say, "All right, now." What are we doing next? If only we still had a guy like Steps Brzingis. They they will say that. Yeah. Because, um, again, stretch good stretch cores are hard to find. All right. Or it's stretch fives in his case. Or whatever you want to play him as. Yeah. I think he's a center. But anyway, this is a jazz podcast. It was a jazz podcast because we're done and out of time. Uh, <laughs> jazz play the Hawks tomorrow, I think. Uh, no, I know that for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think I've heard of them, right? <laughs> but yeah, back to back coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll have a, all the coverage for you at the SaltLakeTribune.com. Uh, of course, more trade deadline stuff coming up. Um, and yeah, this this has been a crazy day in the NBA. The NBA is the best. The Super Bowl sucks. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little less enthused for this Super Bowl than I was for the last year's for some reason. <laughs> all right, Eagles fan. Oh, all of your fandoms coming out today. Uh, 
including your bees fandom. You've got a bees hat on. Anyway. Go bees. Please check out our, our coverage at saltlicktribune.com. And as always, please subscribe. Uh, sltrib.com slash subscribe will get you all set up. If you need someone to walk you through it, I will drive to your house and do that for you. Uh, but for now. But don't let Andy throw anything at you in front post Ruby Gobert rage. <laughs> for now, Andy Larson, Eric Walden, signing out. Thank <laughs> you.